How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I am Eric Name, and joining me as always is Frank Madden. And this is your Friday edition. We're trying to trying to get you ready for the weekend, for Christmas, for the Wizards. <laughs> um, we're just trying to get you all ready to go. Um, we do this every day, so thanks for coming along with us each day. And I guess Frank, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I, I today was my first official vacation day of uh, of Christmas 2016. So I'm um, I'm downshifting into uh, vacation mode for a few days, which I'm I'm excited about. Um, I've been working from home all week, so I've sort of started that. I mean, as we mentioned the other day, I did get to go to the the Cleveland game on Tuesday and going to the Wizards game on Friday. So, uh, so yeah, I'm getting my bucks fill in while, uh, while I'm in Wisconsin. That is a, a very good thing. Uh, before we get started today, Frank, I believe you have an announcement you would like to make. Yeah, so uh, I guess we both have, we have both been very sparse at, uh, at Brew Hoop over the last while, um, and that's for different reasons, and I think we just wanted to um, maybe give some background and explanation. Um, my situation is kind of more uh, late breaking or, or having been resolved in the last week. And I guess the background, um, I think as most people know, I, I started Brew Hoop over nine years ago with Alex Boder, uh, who's been at Bucks.com now for for quite some time and um, have loved uh, having that be sort of my my connection from Wherever I've been, I've lived in Boston and and uh, New Hampshire and Vermont and now Austin, Texas, and it's been amazing having Brew Hoop as my link to, I guess Bucks Nation and, and Wisconsin and um, you know the team that I that I grew up rooting for and and going to games uh, you know twenty times a year um, and for sort of strange reasons that um, I guess I, I won't get into the gory details, but the the background here uh, of what I'm about to tell you is that. Um, I, I switched jobs, so I started Brew Hoop when I was uh, working at a boutique energy consulting firm. Then I went to business school. Then I went to work at a startup, and um, uh, I've never, as you can tell, I'm I'm not a, a real journalist, as I I don't think I've ever claimed. Uh, never really had ambitions of that. Um, I think I just was too old when I started doing this to think <laughs> I would go into sports. But um, but I then switched to uh, another uh, consulting firm um, about a couple months ago, and. Um, it is also a company that does auditing and it so happens to, uh, be the auditor of Vox media, which is of course SB nation and thus Brew hoops parent company. And so for very technocratic reasons, um, I knew that there may be an issue in terms of, um, conflicts of interest because of that, which really doesn't make practical sense. Cause again, I don't have anything to do with <laughs> Vox media auditing or anything like that, but, um, but it is sort of a, you know, uh, uh, 
gets into you know almost you know legal type stuff um uh, you know if if especially if Vox Media went public so long story short I went through this process of trying to figure out if I could still technically write for Brub and you and mean a long process it, it was a long it, it process yeah and um unfortunately the the <laughs> the answer I got back was um we cannot approve that um. The upside was I can continue to podcast with you, Eric, yeah. on the Locked On Network, so I'm not disappearing. Um, but it is obviously a very uh, bittersweet thing to uh, – well, really – well, not, I guess there's not really much sweetness <laughs> in it because yeah. um, obviously this is – you know, Brew Hoop has always been kind of my um, – I don't know, my baby. It feels weird to say that. That's that's strange because I'm an adult who could have kids at some point <laughs> in the near future. But uh, but but yeah, I mean, Brew was was kind of my uh, my sports fan identity, and um, been proud of of the work that everybody uh, who's who's written with me has has done for Brew and um, never imagined that um, that we would get to the point of you know having every year you know in some years we've had multiple people when when eric benning and aaron johannes were were credentialed for us um you never really thought we'd get to the point of of being that entrenched in the bucks (laughs) coverage ecosystem um and of course you know you've written for us and you've you're you and charles Gardner are basically the two people who are asking all the questions at jason kidd press conferences and um it's been awesome kind of seeing you also um, rise up in in that coverage ecosystem and become you know such a, a huge contributor to that uh, and obviously we've had um, so many people that I, I call friends um, that that I've met through uh, through being involved with brew hoop so um, so yeah it's, it's weird but I'm I'm technically not going to be um, site manager I, I cannot uh, publish things on brew hoop for now who knows maybe someday uh the, you know my circumstances or Vox media's auditing circumstances will change and maybe i i can return or something like that but um <laughs> for now i i cannot uh, i cannot write anything at brew hoop i don't even know if i can write a farewell so i figured i would do this on here i'll probably have um someone publish something on my behalf uh at brew hoop. <laughs> but uh but yeah it's it's all very uh it's all very weird and um you know, okay, it's kind of unfortunate. I, I always thought I would just kind of fade away, you know, just kind of write less and less. And, um, you know, one day people would just think like, oh, wait, didn't, didn't that guy Frank used to write a <laughs> But, um, but anyway, so it, it's, uh, yeah, it's a weird thing to, to have to, to do and say. And, um, I, I am really pleased though, um, because, uh, Mitchell Maurer and Adam Paris are, are going to be taking over the reins in terms of sort of, you know, the, the site management and, um, you know, it's kind of the, the over editorial oversight and, um, I'll be, uh, I'll be, uh, out in the rocking chair on the uh, porch of the brew hoop frat house, <laughs> I guess at this point, um, yelling at, um, you know, uh, people to get off our lawn, turn your uh, beams uh, down. Exactly. Um, so, so yeah, so that's my. My, I don't even want to say it's a big announcement, but you know, it's it's a change, obviously, for for all our loyal readers of of Brew Hoop. Um, it's obviously weird to say like, oh, I'm not going to be you know writing about the salary cap, a three thousand word article <laughs> next week. Um, but uh, unfortunately, I'm 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 going to have to figure out some other way to 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 communicate to the outside world. Um, I am going to keep since it was always confusing to people because my my Twitter handle, <laughs> I I just. We we started our group Twitter I think in 2009 and Alex and I were still, you know, the only people basically writing for the site at that point and we didn't really know what we were going to do with it and um, we uh, we just sort of said um, 
okay, well, yeah, we, we'll start this thing. And then I just sort of used it and it was like, oh, Alex, if you want to use it, use it. And then um, Alex never really used it. So then I was like, well, this is just mine, I guess. <laughs> so uh, so I've just always sort of used at Brew Hoop for my You are own no bidding, longer but... the living embodiment of Yeah, of yeah, I know. So I guess, so I told I told the guys like, look, um, God damn it, this is going to be my only written um outlet to <laughs> to the bucks nation so i'm i'm just gonna have to change you know the handle and but i'm not giving up my ten thousand followers sorry i have too much uh too much pride to do that i guess but but i will still be <laughs> retweeting everything that goes up at brew hoop and um i'm excited for for everything that that will continue to go on there and um you know i think the transition already is is looking pretty pretty good and i'm excited for those guys to to continue to play a, a big role and um you know mitchell's been to be honest i'm trying to think i think mitchell may have been like the third person who ever wrote anything for for us beside alex and i yeah uh, he's been around forever helping us out um and he's a great writer and um a good dude and a guy that i've uh, again another person i'm happy to call a friend and we both live in austin texas as, as conveniently <laughs> um and uh, and Adam is is newer in terms of our staff, but um, but he's awesome. He's got a great eye for for the game. Um, he's way funnier than I am. Has much better turns of phrase. So <laughs> I I love reading his his uh, I love reading his his bot, his uh, game recaps especially. And he's also done some some really good kind of feature stuff, analytical stuff for us. So um, hopefully we'll have you know some some. Uh, potentially some other stuff coming up in the pipeline there as well. So that's, I, I guess that's my story. I, I guess I, uh, I, I, I feel weird. Like I don't, I didn't write anything down here, but um, shout out to, to my guy, Alex Boder. Um, well, he, he'll still be writing actively at, at bucks.com, but, um, but Alex obviously was instrumental in, in launching us and getting us uh, our first credential with the Bucks and, um, Jeremy Schmidt, of course, our good friend who, Jesus, all of us old folks are, are dropping like flies, I guess. Um, <laughs> Jeremy, obviously, has been a, a great friend and um, been great to read him um, at Boxcabal all these years. And, of course, you know, our all, everyone on our staff, I mean, you know, Steve Von Horn and, and Dan Sinclair, kind of early, our earliest sort of great additions that we had who, who obviously haven't have have not been able to write really for us for a while now because of life commitments and that's just sort of how this goes you you grow up and then you have to kind of do stuff other than write about the Milwaukee Bucks but um I I am jealous of of you and everybody else who continues to to get to write about the Bucks because obviously it's a it's a pretty fun time and um yeah it's been great and and also shout out to to the Bucks and um you know uh, a lot of people there have been great to us i mean the, the bucks as a franchise compared to what i hear from other um team sites that uh, you know people i'm friends with and how they experience being um you know an sb nation team site a quote-unquote blog uh and trying to navigate you know nba franchises and credentials and things like that um there are a lot of teams that are horribly backwards and i think don't realize the value of engaging with the communities that we have and the bucks have always been really great and accessible and i know you i know you know that as well because i think you've mm -hmm. had that same experience um but um you know big thanks to to dan smichek from the pr um for being uh, so patient with us over the years and, and helping us transition a number of times from one person to another and um jim paschke a guy who was who started reading me before I even had an SB nation site and was always super encouraging and, um, 
was, you know, did Q and A's with us early on. And, um, you know, I think there, it's been great kind of getting to meet lots of other folks with the Bucks organization, including from, um, you know, after the changes and everything like that, um, people from the front office, um, you know, people from the business side of the staff, um, everybody's been, been really great to us and um appreciate that and i mean i'm not dying i'm still going to be talking about the bucks <laughs> every day so i don't I, i'm not it's not like i'm you know packing up my my bags and you know driving my el camino off into the sunset or something but um but uh you know yeah whatever it's an excuse to say thank you to a lot of people who um have uh, have been great and and made this uh, a really fun experience and uh, i look forward to continuing to have fun with with the milwaukee bucks but I guess for now it'll probably just be limited to uh, me tweeting and uh, and podcasting with you, which I'm excited about. And also, uh, hey, I'm going to show up in that comment section. You know, <laughs> no, I, I don't think there's anything. Uh, there's nothing preventing me from do that. From what I understand. So, um, so yeah. So that's that's the deal. And um, I'm I'm eager to keep reading you at at ESPN Milwaukee. Yeah, I don't think the legal department is going to be chasing you down and saying, "Oh man, did you see Madden this weekend? He had ten comments in the brew hoop uh, comment <laughs> section. Uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to let that slide." Uh, <laughs> so I, I don't think that'll happen. I will say, obviously, you will be missed as as a writer. I know for the last week or so, I've kind of known about everything and been thinking, man, I would love to have Frank write a CBA piece for me right now and tell me all of the the wonderful things about about the Bucks and how this affects Giannis and his extension and Jabari and his and the guys that they can sign and can't sign. And so I will say uh, the, the, the missing of you is immediate. I'm missing your writing right now. Um, so yeah, you will be missed as a writer, but you know what? You get to talk to me every day and we get to do this every day. So uh, like you said, you're not dying. Um, so you'll you'll still be around. Um, I, I look forward to getting to see your face on Twitter again instead of the Brew Hoop logo. Um, yes. so, so that'll be nice. That has, it has been me tweeting from the Brew Hoop account this entire time. It just was kind of a you know, professional laying low type situation for a little while. So now I can try to transition out of that into, yeah, anyway. Um, but go ahead. Um, as far as my announcements, it, it's not quite as exciting. Obviously, if you do read me regularly, you will notice that I haven't been writing at Brew Hoop since, I don't know, a month or two ago. Um, all of my writing has transitioned over to ESPN Milwaukee. Um, hopefully you've read the things I've been writing there. Um, and the, I guess the, the changes shouldn't really be all that significant. I'm still pretty much writing the same things. I'm still covering the bucks in the same way. And honestly, even in a better way, because I'm, I'm going to have all 41 home games and have a, a little bit more responsibility to cover those things for ESPN. So I'm getting to do even more, which is great. Um, so for me, that's, really the only change that I you won't see my writing at Brew Hoop. Obviously if you are a Lockdown Bucks listener and a Brew Hoop uh, a regular, you'll notice that I'm in the comments section too. So if you want to find Frank or I, we will probably be hanging out there. And obviously I tweet all the time, so uh, you can find me on Twitter as well. It's not it's not all that difficult uh, to find any musings I may have about the Milwaukee Bucks. But like Frank said, uh, a lot of the guys that they've added recently are doing a great job. I Like Frank, I get upset every time I read one of Adam's recaps because 
if there's one thing I, I've always struggled to write, it's a recap. I, I do not enjoy it. Obviously, you you may have noticed that I I much more enjoyed the the tidbits and thoughts that I would put in at the end of recaps. I enjoy that considerably more, and somehow Adam does that and writes great recaps. So um, hopefully, all of you are enjoying those at, over at Brew Hoop. But I think that's about all I have in me for sappy announcements and insignificant changes that we're making in our lives um <laughs> that 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 caps off the linkedin portion the linkedin <laughs> uh feed portion of the uh of the, the podcast so the first thank 15 you for, minutes to you brought you to you by your... linkedin uh <laughs> big thanks big shout out to linkedin for sponsoring that first half of the podcast for today <laughs> uh okay so let's uh let's talk a little bit of basketball um i think the the most interesting thing in the bucks universe right now um i know i wrote something about it today for espn milwaukee that hasn't gone up yet hopefully that should go up tomorrow obviously it's getting close to the holidays so it might be a little bit sketchy but i think it should get up tomorrow um but i think the biggest thing was after the game last night uh dave mcmenamin uh great guy from cleveland he's at espn he used to cover the lakers now he's in cleveland um covering the Cavs, and he had a chance to catch up with kyrie irving and lebron james after the game and well they um they had some things to say and they were they were interesting given that i don't necessarily think the bucks are are in an especially interest an especially important team right now they're not they're not the raptors they're not the celtics they're not one of the top teams in the east yet that they, they are not in that upper echelon they're not over in the west side they're not the Cavs. they're not the spurs they're not any of those teams but the the cavaliers had interesting things to say about them and uh with kyrie irving it was uh there's kind of this idea hopefully i helped perpetuate it a little bit that i want the Cavs in the playoffs i want that series give me a Cavs bucks playoff series i don't care if they win or not i just want the bucks to have the Cavs in the playoffs and uh, as things start to line up and the bucks win games they kind of get in that range where hey they could be in the seven or eight spot and the Cavs could be in the one or two spot maybe that's going to be an interesting playoff matchup and as much as we may want it i think everyone on the outside would like it as well because uh, seeing Giannis go up against LeBron is it's pretty damn cool I, I'll say that and same thing with Jabari and the Bucks as a whole uh, so that's kind of been the idea that oh maybe the Bucks are an interesting playoff matchup for the Cavs and I, I do wonder maybe they got a little annoyed by it but uh, Kyrie was asked after the game if he if he thought they could be an interesting matchup, if this was a team that they could see playing in the playoffs, something of that nature. And he essentially responded, yeah, it'd be great to play him. I think that'd be awesome. Um, I think it'd be cool to have four games against them. And, you know, they're a great young team. And he tried, he tried to slip in the four games comment. Uh, not super sly uh it it was it was definitely (laughs) purposeful um it was it was definitely a a bit of a message there uh so he said he says that uh mcmenamin reported that after the bucks first game with the Cavs on november 29th lebron mentioned that he i don't even know the best way to say it he he was disappointed i think he i I think he uh, was this was this the part about the the Bucks not getting uh, how Jabari and Giannis were. Yeah. Yeah. I think that what he said was 
that they that LeBron privately told people. Yes. And I don't know who that was. So it was couched in sort of this like weird sourced way rather than as like a direct quote or anything like that, Correct. which kind of makes sense. But it was like basically that LeBron was less than impressed by the fact that, um, you know, Jabari and Giannis got up and played so well against the Cavs compared to, you know, other games or something like that. Like basically saying like, oh, these guys don't bring it every night. Why the heck do they, you know, and, and bring a fun, it against us? I think funny enough, he, the phrase true professionals was used. And if you've listened to a Jason Kidd pregame press conference in the last two years, true pro gets used all the time. So for someone to call a buck not a true pro is just mind-blowing because the bucks are true pros, if there's one thing I've learned. Uh, so it, it, there was this idea, and uh, in the thing I write, I mentioned that at the time that I think that certainly was. Can I, can I re- you want me to? You want me to just read off the quote exactly, just sure, so we get this right? It. Okay, so this is from the McManaman and remember, none of this is in quotes, quotes right? This yeah. is all just statements. Yeah. Yet, pri- yet privately, and I think, and there was some like complimentary stuff for the Bucks, right? So I think we need to make make it clear that it's not like this is saying that LeBron thinks that the Bucks are scrubs and like whatever. I mean. That he's been openly very complimentary of both Giannis and Jabari, which he doesn't necessarily do all the time. And, and he has as no, I said, that was something he's Mc, known Jabari for a long time. Yeah. And as I say, that's something McMenamin mentions that they ask LeBron about other players all the time, and most of the time he'll say like, "I don't need to comment on that," or "I'm not a GM," or whatever. Maybe like the Cavs are showing a bit of respect by actually answering questions about the Bucks, talking about the Bucks, showing any sort of concern interest towards the bucks that that is in itself a certain level of respect yeah and obviously it's not surprising that they would be more more willing to do that after they've swept them rather than after they got their asses kicked um a few weeks ago but hey that's me editorializing but okay so here's the (laughs) here's here's the line from mcmenamin yet privately after the bucks beat the pants off the Cavs 118 101 on november 29th james was less than impressed with how parker and adetokumbo clearly played at a higher level against the Cavs than they normally do. That made James wonder why Parker and Adetta Kumbo don't make that level of play their standard and become true professionals. That last that last sentence is just like so weirdly phrased. Yeah. Um for like a, a I mean David Minim is a you know he's a very much a real journalist and just sort of the way that is phrased and sort of the the I mean I'm just like picturing like like LeBron in a deep thoughts SNL like <laughs> type montage, like putting his hand on his like chin and just looking up at the sky, like wondering why don't they become true professionals and bring that <laughs> level of play every game. Um, and obviously, you know, a lot of people in Bucks Twitter, we have many of us have found this very kind of amusing. And um, I admit, I mean, I retweeted it with the comment of, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, you know, LeBron should probably also be less than impressed with the Cavs' uh, level of defense against those two players, and maybe <laughs> be more concerned with that than you know whatever else. But I don't know what what was your reaction to that? Because I think there is like truth to this, right? It's not that there's not truth to this, but it's just a very bizarre thing to do. And obviously, LeBron is, you know, especially with other players, you would think he would be more tactful, and publicly he has been. But this just seemed very like strange to sort of put out there my first thought was they didn't have to say any of these things no and that in itself i think says a lot if that makes any sense like they they could very easily just say 
no comment. They could very easily just say, you know what, they're, they're going to be good in coming years. They could go with cliches. They could just essentially just pass it along and not really say anything of consequence, but they didn't do that. Um, so I, I think that in itself says a lot, that they decided that one, Kyrie wanted to make that comment, and two, that again that LeBron would even say those things privately to people who could one day get that on the record um so I I thought that was that was very interesting um I I think it speaks to kind of how much the Bucks have annoyed the the Cavs in the last year um (laughs) they've been able to play them well I know I wrote uh in my article that they beat the Cavs last year in that double overtime game and then this year they they beat them in that first one and then they have the back-to-back here and in that back-to-back LeBron plays 82 minutes and that's 82 minutes with I mean even a fourth quarter that was I mean the closest was what 13 um yeah he was on the court for an extended period with Thon Maker and um Miles Plumley and Rashad Vaughn which was so, pretty pretty weird to see. And by the way, I saw like highlights from on NBA TV, and they were like doing some kind of like, um, uh, you know, they're trying to show like how the Cavs like what what why they were so good last night. And they used a clip from the fourth quarter with Thon and and Rashad Vaughn and that group in, and it was like you know like drawing up a play and like oh look at the Cavs did this, and it's like dude seriously <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah. you're gonna you're gonna draw up and show like oh this way the Cavs are great because they you know pulled off a pick and roll play against you know the Bucks like deep bench unit I mean there were enough things in that game that they did well you don't need to go to that group but anyway I digress so I guess I thought it was interesting he's playing well into the fourth quarter there in so in that back-to-back he plays 82 minutes so 82 minutes in a back-to-back. That's the most LeBron has played in a back-to-back since, would you like to guess when, Frank? Uh, 2008, I don't know. I'm completely guessing. Since the Bucks double overtime game last year. Oh. So two times in two years when LeBron is trying to bring down his minutes and they're trying to control it and make sure it doesn't get out of control. And the, the two heaviest minute loads in back-to-backs come against the Milwaukee Bucks and in that first one last year where he played 45 minutes they lost in double overtime to the Bucks so uh, I think it speaks to how much the Bucks have annoyed them how much the Bucks have been able to somewhat get to them and I mean I do think threat's the wrong word because the Bucks aren't a threat to the Cavaliers yet but their annoyance that the it appears the Cavaliers are monitoring and are thinking, oh man, certainly LeBron, that as I get older, these guys are not going to be fun to play against. Uh, And again, that's me maybe speculating, maybe speculating wildly, but I do think there is a certain aspect to that. Yeah, and it's been interesting seeing sort of like the different waves of Bucks hype that have come over the last few weeks, and it started with sort of just the realization of like, holy crap, Giannis Adekumbo is like suddenly you know, as good as people were hyping him to potentially become and he's an all-star and then that evolved into holy crap, he's 
definitely an all-star. He's one of the handful of best players in the Eastern Conference, and the Bucks are surprisingly frisky, and they start beating some decent teams and giving other really good teams at least kind of runs for their money, you know, like the Spurs and obviously the Cavs um, in those last couple games. Um, they kill the Bulls. Some deserve hype a little bit. Um, and also, I mean, it's been interesting. You know, Bill Simmons had a big piece on Giannis as the true unicorn in the NBA. And, um, you know, <laughs> kind of going to the point where, you know, we were sort of putting our toe in the water a couple weeks ago. And I think one of the roundtables of, um, you know, who would you trade Giannis for? And we were all like, uh, we're good, I think. We, yeah. we just don't want to trade Giannis for anyone. Um, and Simmons basically came out and said that I think in his article he may have said that Giannis might be number one did he say that trade he's, value yeah. trade value yeah which is I mean pretty friggin awesome so um so it's kind of funny and also there's been a, Simmons and others have um there's been this conversation now about you know the Bucks young core you know especially namely the duo of Giannis and Jabari exceeding now um, where Towns and Wiggins are in Minnesota, which obviously preseason everybody was all over Minnesota and their young core. So it's it's just been sort of an interesting, you know, kind of the hype train getting getting revved up. And obviously um, with the Cavs now taking notice and a lot of people taking notice, there is sort of the general groundswell of, okay, this team, um, you know, is is kind of on notice and okay they're they're frisky and, and pretty good now um but a couple of years from now two three years from now this is a team that you know could could obviously contend um for something you know much more than you know being a, a four a four nothing sweep against the calves so it's definitely interesting and i don't to be honest as for the Kyrie thing i didn't really care i mean i don't know whatever i enjoy Kyrie's it, won a I'm championship honest, I, like that was cool yeah i, I mean yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's whatever. You can say that when you're you're a champion and you've you know played huge games to win uh, an NBA title. And I I find Kyrie a little annoying. Like I feel like people have tried to will him into the like occasionally on the off season. I think in the off season there were like sort of these occasional like oh he could he could be an MVP or he could be this and that. And it's like no. no, that's not what Kyrie is. I mean, we we saw that before LeBron. Like Kyrie's like a great player, but he's not. You know, I don't I don't think over a full season, he's ever going to be a guy that is like an MVP level guy. He just doesn't do enough stuff other than just be a phenomenal individual scorer. And obviously he can make plays too, right? We saw that last night, but um, obviously defensively he, he gives up a ton and um, you know, he's just not quite, quite that sort of transcendent superstar type caliber player, but he's great. Right. Yeah. Um, so whatever, but you know, he's, a, he's got a ring now. So I guess you can kind of screw around and Hey, if it motivates the bucks, cool. I mean, know? that's what I was gonna say. Like one, I enjoy trash talk period. Like if you want to talk junk, go for it. That's awesome. Everyone should talk junk all the time. That makes the league more fun, more entertaining, and hopefully microphones pick it up when you do it. Um, that, that is, that is my kind of idea on trash talk. And yeah, if you're going to talk junk to the bucks, and we've all heard, I mean, there, there's wives' tales about how obsessive any NBA player is and how much they read about whatever, but there there have been plenty of tales of Giannis reading something from the starters and posting that up. The, it, it seems like... It doesn't seem crazy that Giannis and Jabari would both 
have those comments somewhere where they could see regularly like that that they they would have the, even that weird sourced sentence about lebron asking them to be true professionals like there's no way those two aren't seeing that and thinking in their head like all right lebron i'm gonna go show you and this is how it's gonna get done uh there's no way that those two aren't doing that right now as we speak so um yeah i'm all for it that's awesome thank you Cavs. we appreciate it <laughs> And I think my, again, my big beef, if uh, big beef, uh, it's not a big beef, but it's just, I just find the LeBron, and again, it wasn't a direct quote, but sort of the implication that, you know, these guys who are 22 and 21, and especially Giannis is putting up incredible overall numbers. The idea that like, he's not playing well, like he somehow is like dogging it on, you know, most nights and then the Cavs come to town and suddenly he plays well. I mean, wake up. I mean, look at the dude's numbers, right? I mean, he has better, I mean, a lot of his advanced numbers are better than LeBron's, right? And that's uh, not... I would, and that's, on, on that November 29th date, I would say that was probably a valid criticism. Yeah, but I mean, to me, like, when I, if you watch the highlights of that, and it's kind of funny because listening to the Bill Simmons thing makes it seem like Giannis just like dominated LeBron. Mm-hmm. It's like Giannis, the, the Cavs played no transition defense. Giannis <laughs> was active off the ball and he got tons of dunks and cuts for stuff and like yeah. he was active and whatever. And I mean, granted, yeah, his energy was great. Um, but it's not like Giannis bringing great energy is like a once a week thing. And yeah. I totally admit the Bucks have had some stinkers against, you know, lower, lower, you know, caliber teams. Um, but to act like there's something unusual um, um, yeah, about sure. the, about Giannis and Jabari's, you know, effort level relative to, you know, their age and their maturity level. I mean, I think that's BS, right? I mean, I mean, I, I think that, it's, it's it's kind of it, part of what always happens with Giannis is he gets compared to, or now that he's very good, he's getting compared to guys that are three years older than him. <laughs> like anytime we have these conversations it's like well i don't know if he's on the mvp level and it's like well yeah because the rest of the mvp candidates are 25 years old <laughs> or well, older i mean like it's basically Correct. Anthony davis and Kawhi are the only guys under you know 28 29 i think that are really in that conversation exactly. so it's um yeah and and i mean that's it's the kind of thing right like we all get really excited to see Giannis mentioned in in these these terms and i think there is certainly like absolutely there is like the well if you want to be mentioned in the that company then yeah you can't you know bring 85% effort or energy against you know the Mavericks on the road when the Mavericks haven't won a game, right? Um, and that's not to say that that's what happened with Giannis specifically, because yeah. I think when he's had bad games, it ten- tends to be foul trouble, and in many ways that might be too much, you know, too too maybe too, not enough focus, too much energy, maybe even. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's it, like it it, it it is just a balancing act. Like for a fourth year player, he's totally fine. Like he doesn't take plays off he doesn't do those things and same thing with with jabari like sure there's the critiques of jabari's defense but their effort level isn't any less or their focus level isn't any less than what you'd expect out of a 21 or 22 year old like that's that's not what you're getting at you're asking them to be true professionals and be of that certain caliber and it's like well 
they're still young. <laughs> that that isn't a standard that would necessarily be fair to apply to them at this point. And and we're not talking about like screw offs who don't put in the work, right? Correct. Um, and and that's probably the other piece. You know, like if we were talking about, you know, twenty year old Michael Beasley who obviously had a reputation for maybe not taking the game as seriously, and that's obviously often been linked to why you know Beasley never quite lived up to the caliber or the hype of of being a number two overall pick. I mean, we're not talking about that. We're talking about guys who are like at the upper tiers of, you know, the age, you know, of, of their age classes. And um, I don't know. It's just kind of like and, and it's, for me, it's just like, hey, you know, worry about your own situation. Yeah. And if you, you know, if if they go off on your team, to me, that should tell you that you should look and at yourself in the mirror and your own team in the <laughs> mirror and say, hmm. Why is it that our defense gets absolutely shredded by these guys? Maybe it's because Richard Jefferson can't defend anybody anymore. Maybe it's because our off-ball defense sucked in a couple of those games, right? <laughs> I mean, so it's just sort of one of yeah, those things. Yeah, flame them, like, Frank. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. I mean, whatever. They're Cleveland. Like, <laughs> they should have bigger things to worry about. But, um, but yeah, so it's it's fun. And hopefully, I hope Giannis and Jabari do see that, right? And if that's yeah. what gets them to you know, absolutely murder the Sixers in January when, when those two teams play, then I'll be very happy LeBron said that, even if I think it was kind of not his place to say it in the first place. <laughs> um, all right, so that's the biggest news. Well, I mean, aside from obviously our news to start. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Um, so there is a game tonight. Uh, the Bucks play the Wizards. It's the first of... Uh, home and home. It's not a back to back. They'll have Christmas Eve and Christmas off, twenty uh, fourth and twenty fifth, and then and then travel to uh, Washington D.C. on the twenty sixth. But I'm sure they're probably traveling on Christmas, so that sucks for them. Um, being an NBA player would not be cool and or fun uh, around holidays, and I mean, just travel would suck. Um, but okay, Wizards. What what are your thoughts on the Wizards? They're kind of uh, a lost team that's somewhat found. They're in that jumble of teams in the East that's between I don't know third and uh, what does it go down all the way to like twelve maybe that is uh, separated by yeah twelve to four or five maybe five with the Knicks fifteen and thirteen and the Knicks are and then. Orlando's 13 and 17, so I don't even know what that is. Math off the top of my head, three to four games separating, obviously, a huge jumble. The Wizards are in there at 13 and 15. Um, they have have struggled. Uh, their offense rating around at 12, defensive rating at 21, so not, I mean, not all that different than. I mean, a little bit worse than the Bucks. So I guess what are your thoughts on the Wizards? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a don't look now, but uh, when these two games are done, the Wizards could be ahead of the Bucks in the standings, right? That could very easily happen if the Bucks yeah. uh, do what LeBron James expects them to do and not take them seriously. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you look at kind of where they are now. I mean, they've made up a fair bit of ground. Um, you know, they've won, let's see, uh three of or four of five um they beat the bulls last game uh they've also beaten the clippers pistons and hornets which are obviously some pretty good wins those three game wins came at home um they lost to uh, indiana on the 19th on the road and then beat the bulls uh wednesday night at the united center so um they are starting to come around john wall's been great 
uh, Bradley Beal is started to kind of catch fire and has, has been healthy. And, and, you know, I mentioned it when the two teams played um, the first time that the Wizards starters have been very good. The Wizards starters are like plus nine points per 100. It's just yeah. they have no depth, really. Um, and I think that was a big problem for the Bucks in that game in Washington is that, you know, Trey Burke looked like non-garbage, which is bad not if, yeah, if you're playing the Wizards. Yeah, so I... So I, I think it's, uh, you know, again, I mean, we, 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 we have our measuring stick out basically every game. Um, yeah. But um, this is a really important game, as we've said, beating Eastern Conference teams, um, especially these ones that, that you're, you know, going head to head with for playoff positioning is important. And um, as you said, the Wizards have been better and last five games are plus 8.5 points per 100, um, 115 points per 100 offensive rating. So they've been scoring a ton. I think they've been having some luck with Kelly Oubre playing small ball four, interestingly. Um, so some kind of interesting things to watch out for. And Oubre and, was um, really good against the yeah. Bucks that, that last time too. Yeah. So I think they're, they're definitely an interesting matchup for the Bucks, And um, obviously uh, this is a really, you know, important game for the Bucks to kind of get things back on track, especially given, you know, their home record has been, you know, nine and seven. Um, that's, you know, again, basically the same as last year, right? It, and so we've talked about how important it is that they win more on the road where they were terrible last year. Um, but not being able to kind of pay off, uh, you know, some of these games at home, especially against some of these mid-tier teams, is is obviously something that they have to, you know, get right because if they don't win a, a good chunk of games at home, then that, that makes everything harder. Um, one kind of note, so the Bucks right now in 538's projections, projected at 39 and 43, 56% chance of the playoffs, although in sort of the rank ordering, um, they're tied with the Pacers at 39 and 43 um so you know i think technically they've got them slightly out of the playoffs at nine and the pistons are 10th the hawks are 11th so you know some teams behind them that certainly have higher ambitions than than Mm -hmm. being lottery teams and i think that just sort of underscores um that as much as it feels like oh the bucks have their stars playing well and all this stuff is going nicely even if they're not winning every game um they need to win games here and they especially need to do it against teams that they're fighting in the standings against and if you know if they lose those you know if they if they were to lose for instance both these wizards games and they you know don't win for instance the two knicks games um in early january uh life becomes harder because those teams may not be great teams but you know right now the bucks aren't a great team either they're they're still trying to find their way yeah i'm gonna this is a this is a matt moore tiebreaker series Uh, i will call it that uh as as matt mentioned when he was on these games again you want you always want to think well there's no must wins there's not important games in december there's not important games in january these are very much those games that he was talking about that you want to you want to win these so that you'll have tiebreakers later and you'll make it easier on yourself and maybe if you are jockeying for seventh or eighth that you can sneak into the playoffs over someone so uh i think it would it would be good for the bucks to realize the the possible importance of these upcoming wizards games and uh, again we'll see they they really struggled against the the wizards last time and we'll see if they can they can make it happen this time. Um, I think that's going to be it for us. Any, I don't think you have any other Wizards thoughts. If you do, you can just interject. Um, but that'll be it for I'm, us. I have no other. I have no other life news to report, Eric. So. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, I was actually thinking we were we were going to record a whole new podcast for other Frank Life news. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so 
that'll be it for us for today. Thanks for listening to us and thanks for uh, hanging out with us. And thanks for being our outlet for talking about the Bucks right now because this is all Frank Scott, man. This is it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So thanks for coming with us. That'll be it. We'll talk to you later. That was Frank Men. I'm Eric Name. Talk to you after the holidays. Merry Christmas. Is that the new iPhone? Yeah, got it on T-Mobile. Fastest iPhone deserves America's fastest LTE network. Introducing the amazing iPhone 8. It's the best iPhone yet, now on America's best unlimited network. For a limited time, save up to $300 on the amazing iPhone 8 after 24 monthly bill credits. And now join T-Mobile's iPhone upgrade program for free. Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details.